Saturday, November 18th, Corner Side Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller. Hashtag Claws Out. Hashtag Nine Lives. Hashtag Playoff Bound. Question mark. Question mark. I'm joined by always Jake Baki. Jake, how are you doing? Hashtag three and seven. Hashtag probably not the playoffs. Hashtag would love to get a win one of these weeks. You're my commish, so that's all you need. Uh, week 11's here. Week 11 is here. Mayday. It's, it's getting to the scary parts of the fantasy football schedule when wins become wins. No. How does he say it? How does Chris Hansen say it for the uh, witching hour? Uh, yeah, isn't that his name? Is it Chris Hansen? What's the Hansen. uh? What's the to catch a predator guy's name? Isn't that Chris Hansen? I think that's Chris Hansen as well. I think we've got two Chris Hansens. Um, Chris. Yeah, I don't know. Andrew Siciliano is my red zone guy, uh, Dumbo. So uh, yeah, I don't even know. It's late, as you guys as you guys can tell. It is late. It is. Uh, we're doing this podcast for you all. Um, but we have a bunch of, oh, it's Scott Hansen. There you go. Yeah. You got to catch a predator on your mind. Um, but yeah, a very interesting podcast episode. I would like everyone, when you listen to it, try to find the time where Blake decides to have dinner at uh, 1130 at night. Um, and we have Baki's bets. Oh, and three last week, rough week. Um, but five and five. Yeah, you, you've Sorry. had a very no, you've had a very good and when it comes to five and five, two for yours, you're picking underdogs. So you've definitely made a profit this year. Um I think I'm a couple games over five hundred, um, but definitely have started off the year really red hot and then have kind of you know slowed down lately. This is one of my favorite matchups of the year, uh, because there is a lot of potential for the top seedings. Um, and we will talk about the matchup of the week. Um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite ones because I, I think there's a sneaky good chance that this could be our, you know, final, um, at, you know, week 18, I believe is our last week for fantasy. Um, I do believe one of those teams will be there and who knows about the other, but yeah, there'll be, there are a lot of good, uh, matchups this week. Um, we have a Blake and Phil matchup, which is always fun, but not for Phil because of what happened on Thursday night. I'm, you know what? I think I was just thinking about it too. We have another matchup that if this individual loses, Jake, I think we can bring back the 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 sad music segment where we bury someone. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it after. We'll talk about it after. Let's get into the episode. First matchup, Run Runners, Alvin the Chipmunk. Run Runners coming into this matchup seven and three in second place. Alvin the Chipmunks, three and seven, the inverse. Jesus. Eighth place. And we're already got points on the board here. We got 23.9 Lamar Jackson. I um I don't know. I was expecting higher. I mean, I watched that full game. I wasn't really keeping track of like fantasy points, but Lamar looked really good in that game. And I think it's kind of harking back to what you've been saying as of late. Like Lamar's really having like one of his best seasons like potentially like mvp seasons but in terms of fantasy it's not just blowing blowing you like out the water but still 23 points usually like you're you're eating points with him with like turnovers or fumbles with him putting on the ground but 
lot better as a passer. Got banked up a little bit early in the game, but really it's coming down to those Gus Edwards. And then for Nick, um, 11 points and Justin Tucker. Like, what are you, you going to do about that? But let's go over your team first. Jake, break it down for us. Yeah, I mean, I will easily take 24 from Lamar. Um, well, it's 23.96, so. I mean, if you want to round up, we're rounding up here, 24. Um, so 24 points from Lamar. The last three weeks, he hasn't gotten over uh, essentially 13. Uh, he had 13 last week, but the two weeks prior, he was at 11 or 12 points. Um, so lately, it's been rough. Um, I actually wasn't sure if I had started him because when the game started, I thought perhaps I still had him on my bench because I had started Will Levis last week. But thankfully, I did have Lamar starting, so we were good there. <laughs> but he did uh, go past his projections, so I will take that every time. Any time a player goes past their projections, we'll take it. Um, this week, though, I do like my squad this week. I do think getting Travis Kelsey and A.J. Brown back, I do like both of their matchups. Um, and I do like how it's a Monday night game because I I think there's a good possibility that I'll have to, to catch up a little bit to Nick. Um but this is a big week for my running backs because I said I wouldn't start Tony Pollard going forward, but I really don't have a choice because I don't have um, – I have two running backs on buys with Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor, and I'm not going to start Chubba Hubbard. So um, I will be starting Tony Pollard, and this is a week where he plays a really bad run defense, 31st um, in rushing for fantasy points and you would think with all the noise the last couple of weeks that Tony Pollard hasn't gotten to the end zone. I just have a feeling this is going to be a week where he finally does. I'm not saying he's going to go off. I really don't think that's going to be um, happening, but I do think he can meet his projection and I do think he gets between 12 to 15 points. Um, the rest of my team though, um, I'm ex- like I said, I'm excited for that. Monday night game. I like that Monday night game. I, I was thinking about picking up a different defense, but with the way Buffalo's and Josh Allen has just turned the ball over so much this season, I feel like that's a good I could I can get points just based off of the um the turnovers and I think the Jets defense does travel no matter where they go. And it's gonna be a tight divisional game. So I, I like that matchup as well. Even though it's you know it's Buffalo, they score points, this and that. You know, I think anything can happen in that game regarding, you know, maybe perhaps a defensive touchdown or, 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 or multiple turnovers. So I'm good there. But I like my team this week. And, um, you know, I think it's a real possibility that uh, I can finally get a win because I need to start racking them up to get even close to sniff the playoffs. Yeah. I, and I felt I felt like your team was starting to turn the corner midway through the year because you went very heavy on obviously Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, guys that, that were suspended in all their situation heading into the season that you had a lot of question marks, but your savvy trades that you made uh, throughout this year, you got to, you have just this great bench that even on most teams where if you got the, the, your top two running backs, you'd be screwed scrambling because like right now you look at the waiver wire, there's nothing, absolutely nothing uh, you can get as a, as a viable running back. So you set yourself up well, and you're setting yourself up against, yeah, second second ranked team. He's coming off a loss, run runners, kind of a stinker of an outing. Um, and those stinkers came from Travis Etienne, Debo Samuel, and then Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams looked like he got a little bit back on track last week with his 13 targets. Only six catches, though. I, You would think something's going to come back to the means there. But kind of, I guess, 
I kept referencing last last uh, last episode of the matchup with the with Devontae Adams and Ann O'Connell, uh, similar to that Chargers matchup. It's kind of the similar thing. You're getting heavy target usage, a lot of yards. It's just got to be a touchdown. That's always been the name of the game for Devontae Adams. Going up against Miami defense that, uh, I mean, really when you talk about Miami, you're really talking about the offense and how much that offense is going to put on the Raiders. So definitely going to be opportunities for Devontae Adams. Um, I'm I'm not sold on just Aaron Jones. I, I know – it's the same old, same old we're going to talk about. He's going up against the Chargers, that Chargers defense. Chargers defense stinks. The rush defense, but Jake, you've told us multiple, multiple weeks now that, I mean, people are sleeping on it. Aaron Jones has, has not really been an inspiring running back. He's he's posted over 10 points twice, uh, start that first game of the year against Chicago, two weeks ago against the Rams. And that game was at home, and the Rams stink. But they are at home. Uh, that's a game that, Maybe I can see projections, but I'm just not high on him. Who I am high on, though, is Travis Etienne. I definitely see a bounce-back opportunity against Tennessee, coming off an embarrassing loss against the Niners. Um, I mean, Travis Etienne has been nothing but consistent. He's had, obviously, a couple stinkers. He's got a 5-8 and eight and a 5 outing. But when you're looking at 20-plus points uh, in f- uh, four out of his last five matchups, and then you squeeze in a couple 15 and 18, you like that. Um what I don't really like, I don't like Luke Musgraves. I know tight ends are hard to come by, and especially when he has Kyle Pitts on the bench. There's really not that much you can do. Um, I, 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 I'm going to assume there's no other tight ends. I'm not going to pull up the pull yeah, up the waiver really wire isn't. now. There really isn't. So I, I guess you might as well pick your tight end on your favorite team, Luke Musgraves. He's got one touchdown th- this year in his rookie year. Um Pretty steady target rate at like four to five. Nothing inspiring, but you're going against the Chargers defense, uh, a pass defense that has been known to give up a lot of points, so maybe some magic there. I The only other kind of note I want to talk about with Nick's team is just Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has been a very consistent rock for his team, chipping in at 16, 18, 19, uh, 21. was his best outing against Buffalo. Uh, on the road, though, against San Francisco, where – where we just saw San Francisco just wake up coming out of the bye. Uh-huh. I am I am very I'd be very nervous if I was Nick with that 17 points projection. I just I see that defense uh I just I just saw that defense last week. They 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 came back and Tampa Bay is not this they're a team that can move the ball. They're a team that can uh that can I think I think where Baker has been really efficient in terms of his fantasy stats is reliance on those Big throws, big yards from Mike Evans. And I feel like in this matchup, though, I just don't see the time getting there. I think it's going to be a lot more possession. It's going to be a lot more uh, quick throws moving the sticks. And that's not that's not really shaping up as for a big quarterback outing. So I got a lot of question marks with uh, Rum Runner's team this week. Yeah, I and you just talking about Baker Mayfield, um, I was just looking at the quarterback waiver wire and – I'm actually surprised, and I just happened – I picked him up right now because I saw him there, and I don't want it to be used against me. I was surprised that Nick didn't pick up Jordan Love um, against the Chargers defense, pass defense. Um, so I decided to pick him up right now and just basically stash him so Nick couldn't use him. Um, but, yeah, Jordan. I think Jordan Love would have been a better option than Baker Mayfield. I agree with you. Baker has been kind of consistent around you know, 17 to 20 points um, for the most part. But I still 
I agree with you. I think this Niner defense um, kind of showed up last week, and I think going on the road, um, and I agree. I think it's going to be hard to try to find points for Baker, and you might get that with maybe some dump-offs to Rashad White, um, who's been very good in the last month or so um, when it comes to receptions and turning those into touchdowns. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be hard for Baker to score. Uh, a lot of fantasy points. I do like some of these matchups and I'm a little worried about, um, <clears throat> I am a little bit talking about in that same game. I am a little bit worried about Debo. I, I do think last week, Tampa Bay, their pass defense did better, but I still think that you can really throw on this team. And I just wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, maybe Brandon Ayuk will be the recipient of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco really just takes it to Tampa Bay this week. I think the spreads like 11 or 12 in this game. And so I am a little bit worried about Debo. Devonta Smith, I do like Kansas City's defense much more, but I mean, I would assume that this game is going to be a very high-scoring one. And I think in order for the Eagles to win, they're going to have to to really uh, be able to match the Chiefs in points because I, I, I'm not a fan of the Philly uh, pass defense, and I think that Kansas City is going to be able to throw on the Eagles. But, yeah, I, I think Nick has... I'm very interested why Tennessee's run defense has like fallen off because I feel like over the last year or two, and I didn't really notice this until I was looking at the stats, but like, yeah, Tennessee's been a team that you can been able to <coughs> run on recently. Um, and so I think Travis Etienne has, um, you know, a potential to, to have a bounce back week. So I definitely think there are points for Nick there. Um, and I definitely think there are points for his team. And I think this is going to be a close matchup on Sunday. My my only note for Nick's team, if I were to make any suggestion, is I would take I would take Aaron Jones out of the lineup. I would put in James Conner. I I'm looking at two running backs that I think relatively are I would say relatively in the in the offensive schematics of their team fit a very similar role. There's a dependency on both of them, especially with Kyler getting back from injury. He was able to move around a lot, and James Conner's coming back from injury as well. Um, but you're walking in just this last week against an Atlanta Atlanta team that has shown to have pretty good defense, but James Conner, 16 carries, 73 yards. I mean, you're just missing a touchdown in, in a in a game where there was still – Arizona had a good amount of chances to score. Yeah. Um, going up against Houston, I know Houston's defense uh, has been better as of late. Uh, they've been good at home, 5-4 and four on the year, 3-1 at home. Uh, I just like James Conner. I, I think matchup-wise, I think – it's not an absolute – without looking at what the rankings are and just going off of the Houston games that I watch, um, I think Arizona – I think James Conner against Houston, even at on the road, still probably a better matchup than Aaron Jones um, at home against the Chargers just because I just haven't really seen it out of Aaron Jones so far this year. That would be my only suggestion. But I think even with that suggestion, I, I still like your team this week. I think you start off with Lamar Jackson – I feel like with your team, the biggest killer is when Lamar Jackson just lays an egg. Yeah. And even though that you have your top two running backs that have like led to like your big biggest point outings, and obviously at the start of the year leading to a lot of inconsistency with your record because of their their lack of availability. But even in a tough bye week like this, you getting those points from Lamar, I do like your matchups more. I like how you how you're throwing Amari Cooper back in the lineup because. Um, while there are question marks now with what with uh whatever that bum name is uh being out for the year, 
Oh, oh, I thought you meant I meant the the bum that's about to start throwing for the start the starting quarterback of the Browns now. Who is it? It's DTR. DTR will be. Oh. Well, UCLA great, but uh, I, that, but you know, and you just saying that too. I I haven't necessarily made that decision yet. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure if I'm going to play Amari because I think that's a really tough call as far as do I start him? I'm looking at the waiver wire here. Uh, Jerry Judy, who I just absolutely hate. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I just I don't want anybody on the Commanders. Um, and but didn't didn't Pittsburgh didn't Pittsburgh just lose lose some big uh, guy on their defense too? They're like really banged up. I know they lost. What was it Minka? I know Minka's I think yeah, fine, I'm, but I'm they just lost. Sure. Yeah, but I I, I think as a whole, yeah. I just think as a whole though, Amari Cooper has just been a solid play, and you're looking at. You're looking at what what used to be Amari Cooper just being like you're getting a 40 points or two points. Um, you're getting 10 plus points every single week. There's really not that many other pass catching options on that team. DTR, yes, he had, he struggled in his first his first ever uh, outing when he played against ten, what was it? Oh, it was against Baltimore. Yeah, and like look, yeah. like any any rookie quarterback is going to struggle against the Ravens their first game. Yeah, they're a very good team. I'm looking at that stat line that DTR had uh, with Amari Cooper that first game, one catch for 16 yards. Amari Cooper. Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> yeah. I Regardless, am, I'm taking your team. Regardless, though, I'm taking your team. Yeah, I'm gonna take my team too. I I think I agree with you. I think with having Lamar and already knowing that I deposited his uh, projections basically and was um, was happy with that. Um, and I think and and I will say I, I have. It's going to be three of my players going up against uh, Nick um, on Monday night, and it's going to come down to that. But I'll take my team. Um, look for a big game by Travis Kelsey. We have – this is the monster mat- matchup. The Swifts are meeting the Kelseys. Taylor Swift will be in the house. And you know what happens when Taylor Swift is in the house. Travis Kelsey scores touchdowns. But give me my team this week. Meet the Robinsons, 3-7th, and seventh, dead last – Dead last. Sorry, meet the Robinsons. Three and seven. He's going up against Fitch. Six and four, fourth place. Fitch is starting off with a 30-point uh, outing. Gus Edwards continues to be a monster, stealing all of Lamar Jackson's eight rushing touchdowns. Evan McPherson continues to hit some bombs. I think he missed one, though, but Brian got lucky that it was a 50-yarder. Because, right, no penalty on 50-yarders. Is that correct? Uh, no penalty. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I know he missed one. But, uh... We go over Brian Scenes first. We're looking at a skewed number here on the projection total 99 because he has Noah Brown currently questionable. doesn't look like he's going to be playing this Sunday. I don't think there's an official report. Listen, it's questionable, but um, he's got guys who can plug in. We go over his lineup. Uh, obviously, when we talk about Brian's team, we talk about Philadelphia Eagles, big matchup against Kansas City. Uh, tough matchup. I mean, Kansas City has been a much better Probably a much they have been a much better defensive team than they have been an offensive team this year. So, um, yeah. but when you're going up against Philadelphia, you're going Super Bowl uh, rematch replay. I mean, there's got to be fireworks in that game, especially Monday night. Um, you got to watch the thing. Was it Monday night or Sunday night? There's some crazy stat. One of those. One of the primetime games. It's like under, the under is always hitting. I think it's, it's Sunday. Every, night. It's every. I think it's every primetime game. I yeah, all primetime games this year. That besides, it was like a streak of like thirteen straight primetime games, and it was broken this past uh, with Thursday night game. 
Oh, oh, so they included the Thursday. Then maybe I was reading something about Sunday, but I didn't know it applied to all of them. Uh, so we got the Eagles. Pretty much a fun lineup, though, after that. You got Devon, uh, Deontay Johnson in the lineup, who has been, I mean, besides last week, what a sticker against Green Bay. What a bad football game that was. Uh-huh. But besides that, it's been pretty positive since his return from injury. 10-plus uh, points in all his matchups. Talk about Noah Brown, Cole Komet. Cole Komet is just literally a crapshoot. What are you going to get? Um, does he have a – has he been rolling with Cole Komet all year? Does he have someone on uh, last guys? It was Evan Ingram for a long time. Yeah. Cole Komet has – uh, taken over the starting starting spot, especially with Justin Fields looking like he's playing this week. Um, you know, Cole Komet, I think going forward is is a serviceable tight end. Yeah, I mean, you look at week four and week five, which uh, Justin Fields was in. You got a twenty four pointer and a twelve pointer, so maybe that there's some connection there. James Cook, James Cook has been relegated to a flex spot. I mean, not that it ever means anything. I organize my running backs, but James Cook. Just got to be one of the more brutal calls, but coming off a, uh, a, an outing where he had 12 carries, 109 yards. So it's the most frustra- frustrating thing about the Buffalo Bills running back crew and James Cook is that the talent is there. It's just the opportunity. It's them giving him the ball. Going up against the Jets, where it's literally no flies on a new offensive coordinator. I don't know who they brought in as offensive coordinator. Um, is he a well-known name, Jake? I don't even know. For, sorry, which team? The Bills? Uh, no, so it's Joe Brady, who he's he's his claim to fame is he was the LSU offensive coordinator when Joe Burrow was in that, that national title team. Yeah. Um, and then he was the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator, and he got fired there once they got a new like head coach and everything. And so okay. quarterback's coach for the Bills, now he got promoted to offensive coordinator. So, I mean, I know nothing about him. So there's sometimes there's certain coaches – that come into well, the, the play is, where you can... Bills is like they it's not that their offense was bad. They had a top yeah, no. top seven offense. So yeah, you know, I still think things are gonna be the same. I think it was just a more scapegoat thing than anything. They're just looking for a guy to to let go. Yeah. Uh one thing though, biggest and who knows? I mean, Fish is playing six and four, been tumbling as of late, and he's going up against the worst place team, the worst team in the league. But uh, I question the defense, though. Raiders defense. 100% get changed. No shot he plays the Raiders defense. Brian is not a stupid person. If you decide to play a Raiders defense on the road, in general, it's a mistake. At Miami is is just malpractice and fantasy. This is like Phil forgetting to, put, to take out the New York Giants defense against the Niners. Uh, <clears throat> this will get changed 100%. God, I hope it doesn't get changed. Uh, any anything on his team? No, um, it's a very interesting lineup. I mean, it looks like Noah Brown. I, you know, we were right before we jumped on to talk about this one. Um, I loved the play because I was like, you know, Noah Brown's been like really good, and then I noticed that it's got a projection of zero. So I do think come Sunday, Noah Brown's going to be, um, you know, dropped to the bench. Uh, the Raiders' defense will be dropped as well. Um, now I don't know who he's going to put in. For Noah Brown, um, perhaps Justin Jefferson does get activated. There's just been some like back and forth whether or not he's going to play this week. Not entirely sure if that's going to happen, but if he doesn't, then yeah, he's going to have to fill a wide receiver spot. Um, you know, with some random random player because he doesn't have another wide receiver. So 
yeah, I think this is a very interesting lineup. Um, I do think it's one. You know, this this Eagles-Chiefs game is going to be very interesting because I think we all assume that it's going to be high scoring, but you never know. Like, we saw the Miami and the the, the Dolphins-Chiefs game. We all thought that was going to be high scoring. That ended up being pretty much in the middle um, with, like, mid-40s. So it'll be interesting because Brian does have, um, you know, two of his biggest impact plays. Uh, but it's nice to, you know, already start out with a 20 20- point performance by Gus Edwards and a 10 point performance by the kicker. Meet the Robinsons is rolling out um, a rather unique lineup as well. I I will commend meet the Robinsons even uh, three and seven. You get teams starting to give up. Don't really care about the lineup, but uh, Devin Singletary is in the lineup. Obviously is forward thinking with the injury of I'm blanking on names tonight. I don't know what's going on. Whatever that, uh, that one bomb. Damian Pierce, that, the guy that you Damian have. Pierce being banged up. Devin Singletary is the back of the field. Uh, I mean, we've seen some decent games. Obviously, last week, uh, 30, 30 touches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Um, good option against Arizona. That's a game that I see Houston, Houston winning. I mean, Arizona is just a bad team. Uh, Brian Robinson continues. Uh, I love the memes where uh, I see people joking that they drafted the wrong Brian Robinson, but they still got a top five running back. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson is kind of that same boat. What's what's weird though about Brian Robinson uh, last year, a lot of his success came from just like an absurd amount of touches. And he was kind of getting like that. He's almost kind of getting to me like that Frank Gore status where you get him 25 touches. He's going to get you 70, 80 yards. You just got to hope a touchdown falls. Um, we saw last week, f- for some odd reason, he got very involved in the pass game. And that's usually Antonio Gibson's range. But six six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. Just uh, absurd, unheard of. It was a weird, that was a weird game, that uh, Commanders-Seahawks uh, game. So going up against the Giants is just a team that is just reeling right now. Um, it's going to be a positive matchup. It's one. That I feel like though in that division, I feel like it might be a sneaky close game, even though, uh, even though all signs point that Sam Howell is a, a pretty good quarterback, and this this uh, Commanders team is a pretty good team. This Giants team's obviously completely in the other direction, but something about that division, something tells me about this match, it's going to be close. Uh, but I still still see Brian Robinson getting involved. I will continue. To question, though, um, and, I, and I think this is predicated on his record, though, just the four wide receivers he has on his team. DK Metcalf going against the Rams. Uh, Metcalf's lucky that Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore because any time he played against the Rams, it was absolutely embarrassing. Maybe there's someone that will be wearing uh, that number three jersey out there this weekend. Uh, Terry McLaurin, it's always hit or miss, but like I just talked about, it's going to be a plus matchup. Sam Howell. Is a comparable quarterback. I think there was questions at the beginning of the year. What is Sam Howell? Is he going to feed guys like Terry? But I feel like the problem, though, with Terry is that he's not um, commanding that wide receiver room. There's way too many options. But plus matchup, you're just looking for a touchdown. You're looking for a couple against Giants. Um, Calvin Ridley against Tennessee. Tennessee is an offense you can throw on. But the problem is, is that same situation. You got Christian Kirk. You have... uh, I mean, sometimes you just have a bad offense with Jacksonville too. Um, we haven't seen we haven't seen over ten points in Calvin Ridley since Week Eight, 
and then we didn't see it again until week five. We had three points last week. Obviously a down game. They're at home against Tennessee. It's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a better better opportunity for him, but still I don't trust Calvin Ridley. I think at this point going forward. And then DeAndre Hopkins is on the bench too. Uh, I think a lot of people got snake bitten last week after coming off. Well, no, now we're two weeks being snake bitten on the Will Levis situation. So I don't see a reason we can play him, but I I think the saving grace, and I I know you were really high on him uh, last week after seeing his performance, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Dalton Kincaid now, uh, after that Denver performance, putting up 13, that it whatever changes in that offensive coordinator room uh, without Dawson Knox in the picture, Dalton Kincaid is going to be that de facto number two wide receiver and a pass heavy offense. And uh, yeah, I like, I mean, especially in this matchup too, um, safety. What is that? CJ Mosley is their safety or, or he's their linebacker. Uh, I don't know. I don't linebacker. Yeah. I, I, I think Dalton Cade is one of those tight ends that um, he's got enough speed. He's got enough like athleticism that it really doesn't matter. Who's guarding it? I guess maybe like Derwin James, because I know Jake says Derwin James shuts down just about anyone. But uh, it's a plus matchup. I think anytime you get him in the line, especially it's a plus matchup when you don't have Dawson Knox. I, I'm excited for Dalton Kincaid rest of the year while that while that tight end room, that tight end position on a premium offensive team is his to go. But uh, where I mean, Jake, the wide receivers, right? Is that the, just the big question mark with this team? Yeah, I mean, Phillips, we talked about this when we went over his team last podcast, just just did not pick good wide receivers in his draft um, with DK and um, with Calvin Ridley being his third and fourth picks. Um, and it's just kind of shown over the course of the year. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just – there's nothing really – you just have to hope that one of these weeks it kind of clicks for these guys. Sometimes this happens where – you have good players like DK has had is is had years where he's a top 10 wide receiver. Terry McLaurin has had years. He's been top 10 wide receiver. Calvin really maybe hasn't had the year, but he's had that potential with like blocks throughout the last two or three seasons where he's a top 10 wide receiver for fantasy. And then, of course, DeAndre Hopkins was a top you know three wide receiver. Um, not so much anymore. And I don't think that's ever going to come back. But um so who knows? There could be there could be a week this year, sometime this year, where Phillips really puts up a lot of points because guys like DK and Terry and Calvin really go off. I do like Brian Robinson. <clears throat> I do like Devin Singletary this week. I do. Um, I'm not. We'll see how the Jets do with Dalton Kincaid. It says right here they're 20th, uh, but it does seem like Dalton Kincaid is turning into a a solid target. Um, you know, for Josh Allen, it looks like he, he hasn't gotten less than six targets the last four weeks. Um, and he's gotten over 10 points every single week. So that's a very solid uh, tight end going forward for, for Phillips. Um, Justin Herbert on the road against Green Bay. I'm not sure how the weather is supposed to be. We're starting to get into those, the, the late November, early December and, you know, games at Green Bay or in New York or, you know, these cold weather areas. Um, teams that usually play on the West Coast or inside a dome um, aren't usually used to the weather, um, but I haven't I haven't looked to see what that weather is supposed to be like. But 
you got to hope that Keenan, if you're if uh, Phillips, you got to hope that Keenan plays. He's questionable going into that game on Sunday. Um, kind of uh, has practiced in in limited fashion the last couple days, um, and you know they're without Mike Williams, they're without Josh Palmer, so you're really getting down to Keenan and <coughs> Quentin Johnston, who had a touchdown finally last week, but still hasn't really shown. Um, you know, a, a big part, a, a, playing a big part in the offense. So, um, yeah, I think Phillips, I, I don't know about this Chiefs play uh, for defense. And like I said, I would rather not touch e- either of those defenses um, in this game because I do think it's going to be a little bit high scoring. Um, and I do think, I feel like the Chiefs don't necessarily turn the ball over too much. They do a good job limiting Actually, I take that back. God, they've they've got a lot of fumble recoveries. So yeah, they do. Uh, just I yeah. Then yeah, I mean they they're they're a very solid defense. I just have a, a feeling it's is it's at home, uh, which is good. Uh, but I just think it's going to be a high scoring and. Well, I guess if you look at you look at their last matchup though against Miami, you take away that fluke of a, a defensive touchdown, so you take that six points off the board. You're looking at. I guess you're looking at like a top end offense. They got eight. No, is that not? No, seven points against. Which I mean, it's not bad, but like especially when you have the Lions defense on your on your on your roster, that yeah, yeah they haven't really been fruitful. Play the Lions defense at home, um, you know, then then you know throwing in the Chiefs um, and and you just you got to look at sometimes <coughs> the point the over-unders and seeing like if this is going to be a low scoring game, the spreads, all that stuff. I just think like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust the chiefs to continue their 10 points like a week against the Eagles. And I'd rather have the lions defense, even though they didn't, what did they get last week? Yeah. They, I mean, they got negative three last week against the they had negative points three times this year. Yeah. Like they're not, I will say this. They're not a great defense, but I do think a Justin Fields that's coming back. It's a very limited offense. Um, and who knows what he's going to do. Um, and so I think at home, I would feel comfortable playing the Lions over the Chiefs. Okay, well, who do you feel comfortable picking in this matchup? Um, this is a tough one because, I mean, Brian's already started out so great, and I'm very interested to see who he plays in that wide receiver slot if Justin Jefferson can't go. Um, and I do think Phillips has – you know, potential to score points. I'm going to take Phillips in this matchup. Um, I'm going to continue with the Brian slide here. Yeah, it's tough. I, uh, I'm going to take Brian's team. I, I like, I, th- I think there's going to be points scored in that Philadelphia game. I think, I think for what Brian's team has going on with, with those two guys, Jandre Swift and Jalen Hurts, those are the catalysts for his team. See a high-scoring game. I mean, just like everyone that's probably expecting, like, oh, Monday night game rematch, Super Bowl is gonna be big. Bet the over. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with it. I see a high-scoring game. I think Brian seems just better. Um, I, I Brian Robinson continues to surprise me every single week when I bet against him, and probably will do it again. But Devin Singletary, even though he's got a plus matchup, 30th rank opponent against Arizona. I just I hate the wide receivers. I hate DK Metcalf. I hate Terry McLaurin. I hate Calvin Ridley. All positive matchups. I just don't like just don't like their prospects. I don't like how you potentially add a one. I feel like one those three guys 
seems like every week one of them hits three points. And I feel like if you're starting all of them at the same time, you're just destined for a stinker. While Brian's team has been struggling at us of late, I think overall matchup players that he's going with are, um, will be enough to beat Meet the Robinsons. All right, we got the cat hashtag nine lives. Still chugging along, getting his victories against the law dogs three and seven. Um, this is a an animal matchup here. The dogs against the cats. Uh, mm. Didn't even think about that until I read off your guys' team names. I feel like Phil needs to either change his team um, because play T Law, you coward. I can't see Trevor Lawrence starting for Phil going forward. No. So I, I also don't see Mark Andrews either. Yeah, rough start for Phil on Thursday night uh, with Mark Andrews getting hurt. I believe it was in the first quarter. <coughs> um, he almost got a touchdown too. It was just short. Yeah, he was about three or four yards away from a touchdown. Uh, but Jamar Chase did get a last-second touchdown that boosted up his points. But both performances, I mean, it's very unlucky for Mark Andrews, but with Joe Burrow going down in the second quarter, uh, Jamar really didn't do anything prior to the injury um, and then got a couple passes thrown his way in the second half. But those are big hits to Phil's team because both Joe Burrow and Mark Andrews are both out for the year. Um, So that's going to really limit Jamar Chase going forward. And luckily, Phil does, I mean, it paid off for him, uh, has a tight end in um, Sam Laporta, who now can be in that tight end spot going forward. Um, but yeah, rough rough start for Phil on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, while he's losing guys, he's potentially getting some reinforcements heading this week with A-Chain. Um, There's still, like, he's listed as questionable. But there's been grumblings. Is he playing? Is he not playing? Uh, so as he loses one, he gets back another. I was just laughing. Bro. I was trying to hold it in while you were talking. And like It's like, all right, let's put Sam Laporte in the tight end spot. And without scrolling down, looking at the IR, I'm like, who the hell would Phil put in in the flex spot? Zach Sharp, Renee, Tank Bigsby, John Dotson. Uh-huh. Jeez. But it's not – I mean, we're not talking about bench here. We're talking about his starting lineup. And his starting lineup is uh, – I mean – if there's a starting lineup or there's certain guys that that if you get out to an early hole that you need just like the potential big, huge home run plays, he's got two. He's got two for sure, I think. He's got C.J. Stroud, who has just been an absolute monster. Already said it, forget it, uh, rookie of the year. Um, slow-ish. I mean, it took, him a, it took him a bit in the game to get, to get kind of like caught up and, and cooking. And that Cincinnati game only having 19 points, but I look at that Tampa Bay where he had 46 points. I, I, I'm I, looking at just now just the whole scope of what he's been providing. Um, consistency, not a lot of turnovers. Had a turnover last week. He had um, three turnovers last week. That's why that yeah. score is so low because he fumbled the ball twice, lost it. Yeah, I forgot about that. But uh, AI had a rushing touchdown too as well. I um, Arizona – we all know Arizona. We I definitely see a big matchup, big uh, big play out of here. I have questions though about Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, David Montgomery. They were able to share the lion's share last week. I think both of them were able to get a touchdown. 
Uh, Dave Montgomery had that huge one. Obviously, you were there. You saw it. But um, I guess now, now that they're in the division and really they're in kind of a slow, uh, slow part of their schedule, not playing really like the top teams out there, kind of rounding into form, heading into a, which is hopefully a playoff team for Detroit, which they haven't seen in a while. What's the backfield going to look like now? Healthy Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I'm inclined to think that at this point in the juncture, we're not going to be getting the Jameer Gibbs that we saw at the beginning of the year that was kind of just getting cradled into this offense. I, I, and I mean, I guess I can, I can imagine a world, maybe not two touchdowns, but looking at his output that he got with David Montgomery coming back, 14 touches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. I can see a world that's where we're at, where anywhere from about 12 to maybe like 18 touches per game. And that's adding in the receiving and the touches on the ground. And, and honestly, Jameer Gibbs is good enough to make do. I mean, at the beginning of the year, seven, he had seven carries. Week two, he had seven carries. He had seven receptions, though, but nothing really close to the end zone because Dave Montgomery was just kind of the power back there. But Jameer Gibbs, the last three outings, has just exploded, obviously with the injury of Dave Montgomery. But with him being back and seeing how there is a world where both of them can co- coexist, you're going up against a Chicago team that um, – better defensively um, they're not just an absolute walk in the park but are inefficient on offense maybe with addition Justin Fields maybe it's a little bit more of a closer game but this is a game where I see Detroit leading the ball I see them relying on the run game and you got two great running backs and Jameer Gibbs um, definitely is a potential now for me that he's hitting he's hitting that projection total the other guy obviously same team Amon Ross St. Brown Amon Ross St. Brown is so fucking filthy just I four straight weeks over 100 yards, 150 last week against the Chargers. Um, he is lowest point outing of the year is 11, highest uh, is 26. He's just been hovering around like 14, 15, right at that projection line. Sometimes when you see projection lines like 15, 18, 19, there's there's just guys like, no, no way. I feel like that projection line at 15 for Amon Ra is. I mean, it's, it's almost as good as guaranteed. It's like one of the true projection lines. So Kenneth Walker against the Rams. The Rams are just – this team's done. I mean, Matthew Stafford's coming back. Maybe it's going to push the offense a little bit more, kind of change, uh, change. I guess, maybe the trajectory of maybe Seattle not running, o- running over the Rams. And maybe – I don't know. I'm just trying to think of anything positive. But usually, usually the Rams – and the Seahawks, I always feel like they split. Um, they're on the road in L.A., which is right now, honestly, with this Rams team. And they're not good. They don't really have a fan base that really will show up to the game. So I can see Seattle that – I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I feel like maybe that's – maybe it's my dark horse for Phil's team kind of coming back in this matchup. But um, overall, I just think even though he's got a couple bad outings, he's got the, the fate that is Mark Andrews being out for the rest of the season. Um, we look at – projecting him potentially being a playoff team and really starts with this week beating me this week. He's got guys to make it up. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it happens this week. I think having two of your top players, you know, combined for less than 12 points, um, you really need to have either a Gibbs and an Amon Ra both kind of go off like they did last week. I don't see that game being an offensive shootout. 
as far as them just going back and forth. Of course, I think I think the Lions are going to beat the Bears by a good amount, um, but I don't see them, you know, kind of trading scores. And that's really the reason why Gibbs and Amon Ra had such high points last week. That was just both teams just going back and forth. So, yeah, I, I just – maybe both of them. Like, basically, you're just going to have to hope that Detroit scores – you know, five touchdowns in this game and that you can, yeah. get, you can get three or four of them. Um, and that's the only way I can see Phil, you know, beating you this week. And that's what you kind of get when you put all your eggs in one basket, when you have three players on the same team. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if those three players, you know, get 10 to 15 points, I don't know if that really makes up what you lost in Jamar chase, what you lost in Mark Andrews. So, I do, I do kind of, that, that game is, your matchup is going to basically come down to that game on Sunday morning. Um, CJ Stroud, I do think that great matchup against the the Cardinals. I think Houston wins pretty handedly this week. Um, that should be a, a good game because with Kyler back, kind of looked like the Cardinals had, and James Conner had some sort of offense going. But the way that CJ Stroud's playing right now, um, he looks awesome and, and I can definitely see him hitting those projections. I, I do think this is what I'm going to say. If CJ Stroud can get Phil 30 points, then I, I think Phil can beat you. But that that's a high, high, high number um, and a really tough task. The rest of Phil's team, you know, I do like the defensive play. Tommy DeVito is still starting. Um, and I do think that the commanders at home is a good defense um, that Phil streamed this week. So I think we finally are making headway with, uh, with uh, picking up the right defenses. They haven't really done great recently, but the last time they did play the giants, I believe that uh, it's when Daniel Jones was playing too. They had 10 points. And so I, I do think uh, the commanders are definitely a good pickup this week, but we'll see with Phil team. It's just, it's just a tough spot. Um, you know, tough start to the week. Yeah, and one one glimmer of hope that I would say going against Phil's team, um, especially with all those Lions players, is that anything through the air, it's not going to hurt as bad as I have Jared Goff. And that does mean something. I mean, sure. uh, there's not a lot of other guys that I guess, I mean, if Josh Reynolds is rolling around there or if Dave Montgomery catches a pass, then, I mean, double double good for me. So. Uh, any big games out of those three guys, if it's anything through the air, Jared Goff's going to get involved. And honestly, when we, when we shift over to my team, uh, I mean, if we're looking at opponent rank, that's the only good matchup I really have. Kind of just meh, not really know what I'm going to get matchups and kind of situation with my players. I've struggled with holding a comparable wide receiver team, wide receiver room. Um, Marquise Brown, I can, I, I, I'm a little positive. No, I'm not positive what I saw. I only have one catch. I don't know why I was positive on that. Um, I'm, I'm at least going to give Kyler another week, obviously coming back from injury, big injury. Marquise Brown was such a focal point in the offense with uh, Kyler last year when he was healthy, when he was playing, that I'm going to – I mean, I don't got much options here. Uh, and I got some options. But I'm going to roll with that, Houston. I think – I see Houston blowing them out. I see that being a big high-scoring game for Houston. So hopefully that means that we can get some kind of like paper-cut catches that Marquise Brown's picking up eight catches for like 90 yards or something like that. Jalen Waddell, 
I just need him to stay healthy. Um, seventh uh, opponent ranked seventh against this Vegas team. I don't. I mean, I've watched Vegas games. I don't. Do they turn the ball over that much? I don't get. They have a sneaky good defense. Um, yeah. They well, Max Crosby is a beast, and he gets he gets a lot of pressures and sacks. But like, their secondary is not terrible. Like they they I can't I honestly couldn't name you a guy on there, but just watching their game. Diablo number five. Yeah. Um. They they have some guys that they don't give up the big plays anymore. Now this is an offense, of course, that can go off at any time. So who knows? They could easily, um, you know, do the big play, especially with Tyreek. But they like Raiders in, in years past. The defense has given up big plays. Um, they're they're very much structured now, which is interesting because it it's never really been like that for the last few years. The biggest question mark I have my team and um. It just continues to scare me how close our projections are now. Derrick Henry. I always thought Derrick Henry had this floor of like maybe like 10 points. But coming off a, uh, an outing where he just got absolutely just stuffed. 11, 11 carries, 24 yards, uh-huh. and negative four yards through the air. I, um, I don't know what to expect. Uh, his running mate in the backfield, I mean, not groundbreaking game, but still five Four catches for 42 yards, um, getting three, four times as many points as Derrick Henry. There's always a fear of Ty uh, J. Spears, and you're, you've always been telling me the, the talent that's there, but I'm going to continue to roll with, with Derrick Henry. I believe Derrick Henry, I remember last year, I remember last year there was that crazy stat. Uh, he, like, dominates the Jags. Like, and I know the Jags have been a mm-hmm. bad team. Like, for the past couple of years, obviously like the Urban Meyer team. And, but this Jack seems a little bit different. They have a lot, a lot higher expectations. Uh, but I don't know. There is some, there is some stats of Derrick Henry and success in Jacksonville. Middle of the team, 15th ranked. Uh, I, I don't really want to go over all my players because my team is really just throwing, throwing a bunch of players out there. And I usually win matchups by just hitting on, like, just big plays, whether it's Jared Goff connecting multiple touchdowns. Um, as of late, it seems like George Kittle has been a catalyst that can kind of get me in that 100-point marker. Javante Williams has been good as of late, but going, against, going up against Minnesota, uh, who's, I mean, top six rush defense in terms of fantasy. Uh, looking at my bench, I have a lot of guys that, like, if I wasn't sold on, Hollywood Brown. I, I could go with Jordan Addison or Chris Godwin. I don't think it'd be any crazy in the realm of of options there. I mean, I have a defense. I'm rolling right now with the Giants defense. I got the Browns defense on my bench going up against Pittsburgh. I got Eagles defense that I'm not going to put against KC, but it's a, that's a defense I'm going to hold on to. I have a lot of options, and I know that I have guys that can hit big plays and have big weeks, but... Um, I just I don't know I don't know I don't know where to look for my team. Yeah, I just think you have a bunch of guys that are very similar, um, and it just kind of makes and not necessarily like it's not like a a good similar or a bad similar. Like I feel like a lot of just B tier players. Yeah, are like it's hard to make that decision. Like yeah, like Najee did score seventeen points, and the week before that he scored fourteen, and you know three weeks ago he scored fourteen. It's like do I play him or do I play 
you know, Derrick Henry, but I picked Derrick Henry super high and Derrick Henry is, you know, you, he's more likely going to score a touchdown or do I just continue with Javante Williams who has the hot hand um, and has done, you know, over 11 points for three straight weeks or, you know, where do I go with that? But it's a tough matchup, you know, so you have, yeah, I, I think you have a lot of just kind of question marks regarding tough plays. Yeah. Like the Marquise Brown, Jordan Addison, uh, or Marquise Brown, Chris Godwin. Um, yeah, just a bunch of just kind of, you just have to hope that you select the right ones. Um, but I, I, I personally don't think it really matters this week just because I really don't think Phil, um, unless, like I said, he gets two guys that really do go off. I think already starting down, and I know projections are close still. It's 106.6 to 99.4. So you're only projected to win at this point by seven. But I do think unless two players really go off for Phil, I'm still going to give it to, to your team this week. Yeah, I'm going to take my team as well. I, I'm going to take it because I see Jamar Chase having only 8.2 and the Mark Andrews 3.3. I just I got a little bit of a head start. Uh, my team's been consistent as of late. Um, Saquon and Derrick Henry coming off just bad weeks that I that while I guess what my perception if I had a re I had to do a redraft right now like a redraft re- league I would say. Saquon's probably like back end or like start of the third, like and I, I mean it seems fair. Derrick Henry is like I don't even know probably like the third or fourth round as well. It's just like they're B, they're kind of meh. But even with these guys, um, they're both in a situation where they're getting the lion's share. They both have had flashes this year, and uh, I just hope back to back down weeks isn't the the norm that this would be a good bounce back week. Just feel like 110. 110's got to be the number. I think my team has been able to do it. I've had some big outings, and I think I'll continue it. I think I'm going to take Phil. I'm going to go to 6-5. and five. I think first time over 500 this year, hopefully. Dean Mercier, 5-5, five five, sixth place. Going up against House Chart. Gary in 4-6, seventh place. Steph is just on the outside looking in. This is a huge matchup for me. I mean, we'll talk about another matchup. All I can think about myself. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Steph was asking me for lineup advice, thinking that I was out of the playoffs. She was encouraging me, actually. She's like, Blake, you still got it. Don't let, don't let Jake bring you down. And here it is. I'm holding on to the last playoff spot, gatekeeping it from Steph. And what Steph does and me. I mean, this is a big matchup for me, too. I actually, I'm going to need Steph to win, and you're going to need Sam to win. Why do you need Steph to win? Because if, because I over, oh, yeah, I, get, uh, yeah. I would only be one game behind sixth place um, if I were to win, and I have points over like 80% of this league. Well, let's do it this way then. Let's, when we breaking down this matchup, you need Steph to win. So I want you to get into the owner's chair. You're sitting right next to Steph. Hype up this team. Set her lineup for us. Because I I think this lineup's horrible. I feel like there's plenty of other things that she can do. But what does Steph what does Steph need to exactly do to win this matchup? Well, I mean, yeah, this is a very strange lineup that she has concocted. Um she is we you know, having two quarterbacks that have been good, um, in Dak and uh Mahomes this year and good is 
pretty much what both of them are. They haven't been great. They haven't been awesome. I will say this. Dak has been great as of late. And so I don't necessarily like think this is a bad play. If you look at Dak's last three weeks, over 28 points in those last three weeks. Um, and he's playing a Carolina team that is one of the worst in the league. I will say this. The only thing I am concerned about is that once this game is a blowout, which I would assume that it's going to be, you're going to get running the ball. You're going to have them, um, you know, maybe bring in the, the second string by the fourth quarter. And perhaps the blowout is, you know, because Dak Prescott likes, for instance, like last week, um, they were, what did they win the game? 42 to seven or 49 to zero or whatever it was, 49 to 17. Um, and Dak scored 40 fantasy points. So I kind of like it, um, be, but I also think Mahomes is going to have a good week too. Um, and um, this is a this is a tough one because Mahomes the last two weeks has gotten a combined total of 21 points. So this is tough if, if I were Steph because you have two good quarterbacks. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. Both are projected for this basically the same amount of points. Only uh, Prescott is projected for only point two more. Uh, but the rest of her lineup, you got Eckler against Green Bay, um, and with Ramondre being on a bye, um, Kyron Williams is still out. It's basically up to Royce Freeman or Jalen Warren, and it's not necessarily the place that you want to be in um, if you are Steph. And I think that perhaps. You know, this is something that you probably should have looked at throughout the week to see if there were anybody trying to that might have an extra running back. You know, she is playing someone. I'm not advocating for her really to go after Alexander Madison, but there's got to be a team out there that probably could have made some sort of deal because Jalen Warren is not exactly who I want to play um, in an RB2 slot, especially against the Cleveland Browns. He has had good back to back weeks, um, but that's a tough matchup. But the wide receivers, Tank Dell, Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk, three uh, receivers. I uh, We've talked about basically all three of the three of these ad nauseum throughout the entire season. Big fan of Tank Dell. Not a big fan of Adam Thielen this week. And I am kind of a, a mediocre fan of uh, right in the middle for Christian Kirk. Um, Christian Kirk going up against the Titans. Uh, Titans secondary has not been great this year. Uh, they've been a little bit better as of late, but you never know what you're going to get with that Jacksonville wide receiver group. Christian Kirk did have a very good week last week. Um, I believe he had over a hundred yards. Yeah, he had 104. Um, so, you know, I would probably place Christian Kirk in that second wide receiver slot. And then Cooper cup, Cooper cup is on the bench. And you would think that, um, you know, you drafted him in the third round. You kind of waited around for him in the IR slot. Um, but there's nothing. But you've decided to put him on the bench, and I get it. If Stafford's not playing, um, then you're kind of scared to play him. But it sounds like he is, at least according to you, and I haven't really looked it up. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely fit him in or put him in over Adam Thielen and ride that team out this week. Yeah, I think – I don't want to. I, I'm not telling her to Atlanta. I need her to lose, but I think. Oh, I also think DJ Moore. I forgot that she had DJ Moore. Yeah, that's what I was going to touch on. I think. I think if if she has any thought about Adam Thielen, she has any thought about Christian Kirk. I think Cooper Cup's definitely the play. It says that Matthew Stafford being healthy is going to be in this week. 
and you're coming off a bye week too. And like, I, I feel like that's just teams coming out of a bye week, especially playing a familiar opponent and um, second time playing them this year. You, you've seen Cooper Cup struggle as of late. Obviously, last week, the last time they were out there with their backup quarterback, he's still he's still one of the best wide receivers. I know he's coming off an injury, a little banged up. Got questions about Pukunakua, but uh, he's still one of the best wide receivers in all football. You you got to play him. You got to find a spot for him. And then DJ Moore, you got lightning in a bottle with Justin Fields back. There was obvious chemistry with those two uh, before the injury, and he was. DJ Moore was during that stretch. Uh, no doubt about it. You gotta, you gotta play him. Adam Thielen is no longer that, and especially going up against Dallas, where uh, you mentioned it, uh, questions and a little bit of worries. Maybe Dak Prescott in a blowout. They start bringing in. Uh, they still have Cooper Rush. Their backup still. Uh, I don't expect. I don't expect you to know that. But uh, while you do have worries about the offense getting pulled off the field. That defense is going to stay out the, the, the entire game. They're going to, no matter what the score, they're going to just be down Carolina's throat. And I just, maybe I see a lot of catches. I don't see touchdowns. And really that's what's been Adam Thielen's Achilles heel. These, this kind of downfall for him. He's not getting any touchdowns. Targets is still there. Um, the the average, average depth of target has come down. Nine, five, and seven. When he was really going off. High, we're, we're getting 13, 10, 9, 10. Just not, not, not a great, just not a great matchup. I think there's better, better matchups, better players on, on Seth's team, but uh, she should keep this lineup. It looks good. I go over to Team Mercier, though. Team Mercier starting off a little bit of a head start, but it's not really a head start because they look like it knocked her down in projections. Joe Burrow only getting eight points, getting pulled out due to the wrist injury, is going to be out for the year. Poor Sam is just getting just pummeled by the quarterback room. Joe Burrow being out, her cousins being out. She's gonna have to find a new quarterback. She doesn't have one. She's got Matthew Stafford on the bench. I tried. To, I was thinking about trading her, maybe working out a trade. Send Jared Goff over there. That's another quarterback that Sam loves. But Joe Mixon, eighteen points. Uh, Jake was just talking about before we hopped on about how wild the uh, top 10 running back room is right now. Joe Mixon's at eight. And honestly, as uh, not a Joe Mixon owner, so I'm not really paying attention to what he's doing week in, week out, seems like, to me, a very just like meh season out of him. Hasn't cracked 100 yards. uh, Really hasn't been that crazy involved in the past game. Three, four uh, catches, and then he had five this past week, this past match against Baltimore. Um, and obviously resulted in that in that t- uh, touchdown. But as an outside specter, it's, he's been kind of meh, but he's been healthy. That's all you really need for the running back room. Yeah. Uh, one person that has been healthy but is back, obviously now, Dave Montgomery, going up against Chicago. Just it, I I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get. Twelve. Go ahead. Revenge game. Ooh, that's an extra wrinkle that I like. Big revenge game. Uh, especially so that's you're at home too. So it's not like the ultimate revenge game when you're on the road in that place. And then you just do it in front of the fans, but it is a revenge game nevertheless. And Dave Montgomery, I mean, Sam can get any semblance of what he had week, like week four, week five, uh, him just being a, uh, touch, touch machine. But 
I think I think having Jameer Gibbs have those couple weeks without him really kind of taking really kind of showing that he can handle uh full running back load. I think that's gonna be split, but high volume, uh high volume uh touches for that team. Stefan Diggs, fourth ranked, but uh coming off his first and only uh outing with under ten points. I saw so many uh I saw so many tickets on Twitter about I saw this one. This guy had some crazy like ten or like twelve 12 picks, and it was the last one was uh, Stefan Diggs. It was like 54 yards. And anytime you see it, you're like, oh, that's an under. And well, also, you had the cash out option. It was like, yeah, I saw it too. It was like, it was like yeah. 50 bucks to win like 80 grand or something. You just could have cashed out for like 50 grand. It's just like, just take the money and just then bet like 10 grand on Diggs. Like, whatever, like under just in case, because whatever. I don't know. I, I would just, if I'm in that position, I'm not. And if this person probably had a bunch of money, or maybe not, because he only bet, you know, 50 bucks to win that much, but I would take that easy. Yeah. Uh, Sam would take a lot more than that outing in this matchup, but going up against the Jets, going up against the Jets and just going up against uh, just, a, just a very good defense. You don't know expense, but you're taking a bounce back game. Stephon Diggs is the best wide receiver probably in football um, on a certain on on any given week. So Brandon Ayuk against Tampa Bay. I'm so tired to talk about Brandon Ayuk. He kind of just does the same thing the last two weeks, uh, over 13. Going against Tampa Bay defense, it just gets run on, uh, get actually thrown on, uh, especially we saw this pass outing. And then the big whatever kind of Rishi Rice continues to be a boomer bust play. Nothing really interesting there. Um, hasn't really hit, hasn't hit over 10 points since week seven against the Chargers. I feel like I say that a lot when I go over guys matchups, like, oh, they haven't had a big game. But it's always the Chargers, which, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really it. She's got just the same team. She's got injuries. She's got guys back. Um, Zach Moss has been a contributor on, on bye this week. T. Higgins continues to be hurt. Alexander Madison looks like he's going to be suiting up, which sucks for all those people that got that Ty Chandler guy. Spent all the whatever fab that they have, and then, of course, Madison's coming back, which is a bummer. But um, Taysom Hill, I guess that's why David Njoku's in. Taysom Hill's on bye this week. But Sam's just – Sam's been hot as of late, it seems like. It seems like she's calling her way back. Um I I don't know I, I don't know if she was one of the teams that you said were dead and that I can't keep track because it seems like you're switching all the time. But oh, I've, I've never switched. Oh okay. But I uh, she's got a she's just got a boring team, but a rather consistent team. And uh, uh, Dave Montgomery, Stephon Diggs, I like those. I just like their outings this week. Yeah, I think the those three players, um, both wide receivers in. Diggs and Ayuk um, will have good games and Montgomery as well. And I think those three players will essentially, you know, lead her team to a win because I think that those players can get 15 points um, and be able to stack up. I, I think this is my stinker game of the week. Um, I think both teams don't score over 100. I think Sam gets close, um, perhaps maybe just eclipses it a little bit. But I, it's hard for me to see Steph get a hundred points based off of who's in her lineup. You know, um, maybe if 
there is someone that she can, if she decides to play DJ Moore over Adam Thielen, perhaps she's waiting for the pod to drop so she can listen to her matchup and swap that out and listen to us. But yeah, I mean, Sam, and then to just touch back on Sam's team is yes, Sam going forward is going to have to, is going to struggle with trying to find a quarterback out on the waiver wire uh, because it is slim pickings out there. There is no one really out there that she could probably play and feel comfortable on a consistent basis. So like you said, she does have Stafford, but these are the remaining quarterbacks out there on the waiver. Oh, yes. Let me hear Bill Levis, Zach Wilson, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell, Kenny Pickett, Tommy DeVito, and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, DTR. That is all that you really have going forward. Now, I don't know if maybe there are some that are on buys. Um, Gardner Minshew, I guess. Derek Carr, you could also go with. Um, Tesman Ritter, Mac Jones. So there's no one. There's really no one going forward that could probably get you a consistent 20 um, or even a, you know, a 16 um, to 20 each week. Um, so you'll have to have to play matchups going forward. But this is a big matchup for, for both of them because this either will kind of set Steph up if she were to win um, <clears throat> for kind of a stretch run here where she could perhaps sneak into that sixth spot. Um, and this is also big for Sam because if she does win, then it separates it. It's basically a, a two-game separation um, from Steph and keeps a two-game separation from me if I were to win. So, um, yeah, big, big week um, for both of these teams. But I'm going to take Sam because I do think just David Montgomery, Stephon Diggs, and Ayuk, those three players themselves already with Mixon getting 18.5. I know Burrow only got eight points, nine points, <coughs> but I just, it's hard for me to think that there are going to be three players on Steph's team that match 15 to 20 points besides maybe Eckler, maybe Tank Dell. Uh, but besides that, I just, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short. I'm, I'm with you, Team RCA. Matchups are better, players are better. Um, as a, as a Najee Harris truther, I'm not going to pick a team that has Jalen Warren swooping up, taking his availability, I mean, especially Warren's against running back. But yeah. he's not. But I mean, I don't care who your running back is. I don't want to play. I, I don't want to play a kind of fringe like RB three, RB two against Cleveland. I just won't do it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm taking Team Mercier. Match of the week. Oh, 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 what a good one we got here. Notorious 8-2. Going up against QB Sneak, 6-4. and four. No one has played yet. It's a clean slate. Uh, projections are wild in this. QB Sneak's 119. What a beast team. Chris McCaffrey's back. Brock Purdy's back. Raheem Mostert's back. And a very plus matchup. Projections are a little low. Obviously, we talked about with A-Chain coming back. Um, CeeDee Lamb against Carolina. Keenan against Green Bay. Dalton Schultz continues to kind of like roam around in that like offense that has been on the up and up as a end zone target. Brees Hall against Buffalo. So Buffalo has just been a sleeve on defense. Niners against Tampa. Brandon McManus against <laughs> Tennessee. I don't know. I just had to finish the team. But um, just uh, QB Sneaks has just been been on a roll as of late. You've, you've, we both have talked about how we we love the prospects of this team um, as potential 
as a potential league winner, uh, threat for the playoffs. And the big point of just this matchup, uh, not only pits the first place for the third place, though, is also QB Sneaks needs to start with three weeks, 11, 12, 13, 14, four weeks, heading to the schedule where there was a time where he was kind of middle of the road and uh, kind of behind the pack. Now a couple wins, um, and especially with, like, it seems like he's been scoring as of late, uh-huh. that uh, he's getting himself back into potential second-place bye week situation. I feel like last year he did the similar, or I think he... I think someone in our league kind of like backdoored at the end and was able to snap uh, a buy, but Pretty man, I really like his Trey. team. I thought last year it was Trey that kind of like snuck in, got a buy. Wasn't he the number? Was he the number one seed though last year? I don't. All right, I'll look at it right now. Yeah, you look at it now, and then um, oh, Trey, Trey was seven and seven last year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Shane, uh, Shane, yeah, he did because you and Shane both were eight and six. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. was. Top in the that was top in the league. Wild. And then just his bench too. Justin Fields coming off injury. Dalvin Cook. I don't care. Get him off your lineup. I'm so sick of seeing Dalvin Cook. Nico Collins, Puganakua. He's got options, but this is his lineup though, right, Jake? This is just a good team. Um, I I wouldn't start Raheem. Um, I think I would put Brees Hall in that second spot. I mean, yes, he does have a very good team, um, but I think he has better options. I would I would. I'm not sure who I'd pick out of those two wide receivers, um, but I would put Brees in that second RB slot. Um, and because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Raheem popped up on an injury report this week. Oh, he doesn't carry it. Okay, so he was being limited in practice throughout the week. Um, but A-Chan is back. And I don't know. I, I would be a little bit apprehensive with him in my second RB slot, I think starting Brees in there. And then I think someone, perhaps you start Raheem this week because, you know, he has been consistent at times, but with, with Nico Collins being a full go, you're playing at home in the dome. You don't have to worry about weather. I think that's a very good option. Um, even Puka Nakua, I think Puka Nakua um, is still getting a good amount of targets Having a bye week, he's going to be fully healthy to go. I could see that being a high-scoring game in L.A. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I, I think I think that's a very interesting option to have um, because if you look at Raheem, he had a good week against the Chiefs, um, but it, I would say he had a good second half because that first half, I feel like he maybe had like 10 rushing yards total. And then they really started to get going on the ground. Um, and the offense in general didn't really have it in the first half. They were losing 21-0 to zero at half. Um, but the second half turned it around and <clears throat> started handing the ball. But I would be apprehensive with, with A-Chain coming back. And I just I don't know how much they're going to use him. They seem to be kind of, I mean, in having Raheem for the first few weeks and watching how good A-Chain was, I would be a little skeptical starting uh, Mostert going forward. Yeah, I um, I I don't know. I feel like you still roll them out though. This is a Vegas team that has just not been good. We keep hearing, and we we see. I mean, a lot of we're targeting them with their run defense. That you still roll Raheem out. And there's still a lot of question marks. They've seen 
about is he playing, is he not playing, what's his role. They're kind of keeping it hush-hush. Usually in those situations, I feel like they do that because obviously they don't want a game plan. They don't want their defense to game plan for A-chain or, hey, what are the looks What do the looks look like with both of them in the backfield? So maybe some gamesmanship there. I think Raheem's still the option. Um, I, I guess I'll, if you I'll want to... continue on a Shane's team. I can hear that you're, uh, I think you're eating. So let me... Uh... Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. I was trying. I was like spitting out. Yeah, I can hear. I think everybody that's listening can hear the food. Um, So I will continue with the Shane's team with, I I do like Brock Purdy and I do like Christian McCaffrey's matchup this week. Christian McCaffrey finally didn't get a touchdown uh, last week. Um, It didn't matter for a Shane's team as he think he still scored 150 points. Um, But I think this is a week where, we saw the Niners last week, not trying to be too much prisoner of the moment, but they they looked very good last week. And with Trent Williams being back and just ready to play, the he I really do think he makes the world of difference for that offense. Um, and Brock Purdy has looked good. or He looked good last week. He didn't look good the weeks prior, but that was without Trent Williams. <laughs> so um, Tampa Bay just doesn't really have, um, you know, they're just very – they're very – middle of the road type of team. Uh, but I do think San Francisco, um, you know, pours it on CD against Carolina CD has just been awesome as of late. Um, you know, he started the year off kind of slow and everyone was kind of wondering what was going on. Then it came out, you know, and, and, you know, him and Dak, not necessarily like not, um, being on the same page, but more of just like, we need to communicate throughout the game. Well, that's worked because the last three weeks have been incredible. Uh, I mean, even the last four weeks, like CD four weeks ago or his, his, the, the fourth game ago, had 15 points, didn't have a touchdown, but he had 117 uh, receiving yards. But the last three weeks, I'm going to read these stats. 12 catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns, 11 catches for 191 yards, and then 11 catches for 151 yards and a touchdown and a 14-yard running touchdown. So you're looking at three back-to-back weeks um that is essentially combining for around 90 points which is crazy so he's been the best fantasy wide receiver as of late keenan has been very good like i said though he is questionable i think he does suit up but i would still i would if i were shane i would like kind of hope that there is like a firm answer um it probably tomorrow whether or not he's traveling um but i would be sh- i would be shocked if he doesn't play uh because he did come back into the lion game um, the Lions game in the fourth quarter after he got banged up and he did play and he scored a touchdown. But yeah, I mean, Shane has a crazy good, uh, crazy good squad. He's projected for 120. Projections don't ever really tell the whole story because as I know, I was projected when my team is fully healthy for 120 as well, but I can barely crack 100 at times. So um, we can head on. Anything you want to touch on on Shane? No, not really. I mean, I felt like I covered a lot of it. I, I know you don't you don't want to get tricked by the projections, but I see a lot of good. I just see a lot of good matchups. I see Raheem against Vegas. I see just the Niners against Tampa. I feel like Chris McCaffrey not getting a touchdown last week. Yeah, uh, I expect seven touchdowns. I was gonna say now you expect two because he missed one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know I like his team, but I, I'm with you. I'm with the projections. Those can be kind of a prisoner and a trap at times kind of skews your judgment for how well you actually think that matchup is when you see a high projection total. Um, so you're like, well, I got to play that one where you really like your underline, you're looking at the players you have, you just 
keeping it simple. But really, at the end of the day, I think uh, there's not a lot of question marks. There's not a lot of uh, uh, wrinkles that you can do with this lineup. You mentioned taking out Raheem, maybe pulling a little bit of a of a bigger play like Puka or Nico in that flex spot. But I think as a whole, I like his team. And uh, I, I think it's a perfect coming, coming out of coming out of like two weeks ago when you played, no, was it two weeks ago you, that it was Christian McCaffrey or is that me? But anyways, you're getting your best lineup, no buys, everything good to go against the number one team. And the number one team, Trey eight and two continues to just be like the peak, the mountaintop for this league is everyone's gunning for him. I am. We do not want to repeat champ. And honestly, feel like since I beat Trey, I feel like I can talk a little bit more smack, even though my team doesn't deserve it, how we've been playing this year. But um, I just think think this week, this lineup, what he has out right now, anything can change, is probably his worst lineup I've seen all year. I, I Jacoby Myers, I know this is a game against Miami, and they're going to score a lot of points. And you think Jacoby Myers, last three weeks, two catches, two catches, one catch. And uh, in the Detroit game, one target. In that Giants game, five targets. And then in the game last week against the Jets, only two targets. We saw with Devontae Adams and the Adam uh, O'Connell kind of relationship that they have. Devontae's back to being the target hog. And I, where we get mystified and charmed by certain outings certain outings like the beginning of the year. And I know as soon as I started saying something about Jacoby Myers, he goes and proves me wrong. And and yeah, I conveniently left out going over his reception totals that in week nine, he saw 12 points because he had a rushing touchdown, but I, I I'm out, I'm out on him. And um, Isaiah Pacheco as well. I just, Whoa, uh, no flip-flopping on Isaiah Pacheco. I am. You, no, nope, not gonna, I'm not accepting that. Can I explain my reasoning? Well, first I want to say your point that this is the worst lineup Trey has had when last week he didn't even have Tyreek Hill in his lineup is a bullshit claim. I'm just – I'm going to call you out on that. I, I look at it week by week, and this lineup is just very uninspiring. And it's why I'm out – he's had for the last, like – Seven weeks, nothing. Uh, no, last week he had last week he had Rashad White and Tyler Lockett in because we had putting... bye weeks. That's what I'm saying is that this is okay. standard. This is a standard lineup. This is what he. That's done. fine. This is how he's won every single week when he went. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. This is a standard lineup. He is a better lineup. Rashad White should be in ahead of Isaiah Pacheco this week. Hell, Tyler Lockett should be in over Jacoby Myers. I know. The every other, and we're scared of that. But I, those are two better options. I I don't like I don't like Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, honestly, I, maybe coming out of the bye, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm high on Kansas City. I like I mentioned in the last episode. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and I think it's predicated on the fact that I do believe at some point they're going to figure out this wide receiver room. And we're coming off two stinkers of a games uh, from Isaiah Pacheco. Eight carries in the Denver game, 16 against Miami. That game was a one that they led early and then obviously started to fall apart at the end. But I, if Kansas City's, this is 
my belief, if Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl, they have to figure out their wide receiver room. And while Mahomes has been struggling, not really because he's still top top 10 in fantasy, um, but I would say in terms of like historical precedent of what he brings uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, they have to figure out that wide receiver room. I really think they start upping it. They start they start throwing the ball a little bit more, trying to find some semblance of a, of a of a passing offense that resembles some of the teams as of late. And I've seen it not only in Kansas City, I've seen it in Buffalo, I've seen it um, like it's pretty much those two teams in particular. Um, they've been teams that will just shy away from running the ball. That they'll just shut off that valve. And we, I mean, we talked about it fucking last season. Jarek McKinnon. There was a stretch where Jarek McKinnon's not a your prototypical running back, but he was a like playoff darling guy to use because he was getting two, three catches uh, for touchdowns. And that's a sign of them looking more to a pass catching or a more pass focused running back. And I believe Jarek McKinnon in the last game and the Germany game got a caught one as well. I am, I'm just nervous. I'm not nervous on Isaiah Pacheco. I love Isaiah Pacheco, but you're going against Philly this week. You got two more games against against Vegas. You got an I think easy matchups with Green Bay, New England, where I think they're prime positions for the, the clock is running out for this team on who is going to catch that big besides Travis Kelsey when he gets triple team in the playoffs or Super Bowl, but. Someone's got to step in this wide receiver room. And I really do think they start pumping the brakes on Isaiah Pacheco, which I'm just worried about. So that's why I'm not so high on him. That's why I like I definitely in a very negative matchup, uh, Tampa Bay against San Francisco, um, where you wouldn't really want to start a running back because that that line is just filthy and nasty. But Rashad White isn't your prototypical running, uh, running back. He is a guy that's going to catch through the air. Slow down as of late, um, last couple of weeks with four catches, two catches. Last week caught one for a touchdown, but running, they've been getting him more involved. Back to back weeks, 20 weeks. I'm going to find it hard for them to manufacture 20 touches on the ground for him against San Francisco, but he has been a proven commodity in the past game. I talked about it with Mike Evans in this matchup. I don't think, I really don't think they'll be able to hold that defensive line for the Niners long enough to get those skill makers into the game. But I do see Rashad White being valuable. So so while I understand he's 8-2, and, and I and I know I made that blasphemous claim that this is his worst roster because Tyreek Hill was on by last week. But I, I do think while he's been very, very successful this year and obviously won the championship last year, I think there's sometimes Trey just rolls out i don't i sometimes he just trusts his guys jacoby myers is his guy but this is i there's obviously better plays on his team and even pacheco like i mean you don't take josh jacobs out but that's another one of his guys i i think he's i think he needs to be a little bit more creative in this lineup especially now you're going to going up against a team that can easily put a buck 40 on him yeah and i i can poke holes into the chiefs thing and that's a separate conversation um so I, I really don't think their wide receiver room is any different than it was last year and they won the super bowl um so the only player is basically juju smith schuster who mm-hmm. 
at times last year in the regular season did well, but did absolutely nothing in the playoffs and they still won. Um, but this is what I've thought about Isaiah Pacheco this entire season. This is this is why I don't have never considered him an RB one. I still think he's a good RB two, but he is just someone that can get you 60, 70 yards, but it's not a guarantee that he's going to get you a touchdown. And if you want that as an RB one, like a Josh Jacobs, you're going to get, when you get into the five, you know where the ball is going and it's going to go to Josh Jacobs. That's not the case for the chiefs. They, they very much try it's Travis Kelsey or it is Mahomes scrambling around and finding someone open. Um, and, and I have been saying this about Trey's team all year. This is not last year's team for Trey. Trey had an amazing team last year where he had a three-headed monster in Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, and Josh Jacobs. Um, This is definitely a different team. Now, TJ Hawkinson is the number one tight end in fantasy, and I'm not going to lie, I could possibly see that being the case the rest of the year. The way that I've watched Josh Dobbs just throw him the ball and just force feed him – you know, I think it's going to be very tight between him and Travis Kelsey going forward. Tyreek Hill, I still don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Um, and, you know, his projections might be 18, but I'm sure, I mean, I can look at his, how many times has he boomed over his projections? Four out of the nine times. And I'm sure that those projections were around 18 to nine to 20 points. And he's boomed over those. So for me, it really comes down to Josh Allen making sure that he gets his 20 points. Josh Jacobs now, you know, having good weeks and they're just giving him the ball like crazy. Tyreek Hill and TJ Hawkinson. I think those four guys right there, if they can, they can combine for 70 to 80 points. And then you're looking at the rest of the team to kind of get you 40. And I, and I think that, you know, that can win a lot of teams. Now this matchup specifically, I think this is one that a Shane wins. Um, because I think that he is going to start getting on a roll right here with a lot of these players. I've, I've said Shane's been my favorite team, um, and I think he has the deepest team. And I get your whole Jacoby Myers thing. I would also not play Jacoby Myers. Um, <clears throat> I would probably put Mike Evans into that wide receiver two slot and, and slide in Rashad White into the flex. Um, I think that's what should happen going forward. Uh, because, yeah, I, I think Trey does at times kind of latches on to either his guys or perhaps he just kind of thinks, you know, because Jacoby Myers was doing so good for the first seven, eight weeks of the year. Um, and, you know, he's kind of he's put up. You're right. He's put up some stinkers and like the targets aren't there, too. Um, so I I agree with you with Rashad White. I think I think he needs to, to find a spot with him um, because. I don't necessarily think Rashad White's the best overall running back than just in general for football, but he's been a very serviceable fantasy running back. Um, and yeah, you have to find a spot for him. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm taking QB sneaks in this matchup. I just line up across the board. Um, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, which is, I mean, at this point in the juncture, it's not, the most surprising statement, but like Brock Purdy, I think is definitely in line to outpace Josh Allen. Um, Brock Purdy has been a very consistent quarterback. It's the reason why QB Sneaks has had him. It's why he's been winning. It seems like um, going up a plus match against Tampa and then Chris mean, McCaffrey. Like outpace, outpace 
in reference to like I think Brock Purdy will outscore Josh Allen this week or or the rest of the season. This week, I think this week in this year, where where Notorious usually has a matchup with Josh Allen, him just overpowering, uh, overpowering the uh, his opponent his matchup in that quarterback room. I where that is an advantage for Notorious. I don't see that being as much of an advantage given his matchup against the Jets and Brock Purdy going up against Tampa. Yeah, I mean um, they're very similar in projections. I, I I think that's not a crazy statement because yeah, I, I think the ceiling for Brock Purdy in this matchup is much higher than Josh Allen's ceiling. Yeah, no, definitely. And I and Brock Purdy really doesn't have these doesn't really have these games where he's throwing for multiple, multiple touchdowns. But um in this Tampa one, him just having a clean sheet, two, maybe three touchdowns, definitely will get him to that number, kind of similar to what he did against Jacksonville, where he had two ninety six and three touchdowns. Definitely in the realm of possibility. I, 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 I honestly, I don't see, I don't see more than one ten. I don't see maybe like low one hundreds, like one hundred five from the notorious. But I see QB sneaks hitting that number one twenty. So give me QB sneaks by a big one. All right, welcome back to another edition of Body Bets Week 11. Rough week last week. I believe it's been the last three weeks. I think it's 0-3, and then 3-0, and and then 0-3. Correct. Sandwich between two offers. Um, last week, we can just touch on it very quickly. Two games that weren't even close. Uh, Niners absolutely destroyed the Jags. Uh, took Jags plus three and a half. Final score was 34 to three. That's all we need to talk about that game. Buccaneers, Titans, Will Levis never got it going whatsoever. Uh, took the over in that game. I believe it was around thir- it was 39 and a half. Game ended at 20 to six. Last but not least, I felt good about this game in the first half. It looked very good. 10 to seven. Was the halftime score? Texans at Bengals. Um, I had taken the under at 48 and a half. Well, 40 points were scored total in the second half. Final score Texans with the road victory, 30 to 27. They take that game and hit the over. So we went 0 3 last week. Try to get back on the horse this week and get some wins under our belt. Let's start Sunday morning. Now, I typically don't <coughs> bet the Chargers because as a fan of them, I just, I, I'm usually on the losing side. So bet with caution with this pick. Chargers at the Packers. This is a must-win game for the Chargers. And I'm calling it right now. If they lose this game, the season is officially over. Um, the Chargers are three-point favorites on the road against the Packers. But the Chargers next week, they play the Ravens. Um, and I will say their schedule gets much easier after that, but it's going to be hard to try and make a playoff push if you lose this week, go four and six, and I don't like their chances next week. So if you go four and seven, it's going to be hard to make any sort of playoff push. So I think that there's some urgency this week. Um, I do like the way at least the offense has looked a little bit, uh, a little bit better running the ball. Um, Justin Herbert has been awesome as of late. 
um, has rarely turned the ball over. I'm not a huge fan of the Packers' offense, and I do think the Chargers' defense can show up in spots. This week, the Packers' defense also has just not looked very good this year, um, which is which is different than years past. They had just lost to the Steelers last week, um, and before that, um, they did beat the Rams, but before that, they were on a four-game losing streak against teams like the Raiders, the Broncos, Vikings. So give me the Chargers, um, minus three. We can buy that down to minus two and a half. We will get the correct number so that you know, I'm going to buy a little bit of juice for it, but give me the Chargers minus two and a half. Second pick is going to be Cardinals at Texans. Now, I thought about taking the total here, but you know what? I'm just going to ride with the Texans. I'm going to take that number. I'm going to go Houston minus six. Um, you know, Kyler did look good last week, but I love the way that this Texans team is playing. They're a good home team. Cardinals haven't won on the road. Um, their defense has been playing a little bit better, but I have a hard time thinking that they're going to slow down this Houston Texans offense. Who would have thought those words would be said this uh, this year after what a debacle last year was? But give me the Texans, minus six. Last but not least, I'm just going to go with the hot team here, and this number is extremely high. I'm not a fan of this number. Buccaneers at the Niners. I think Baker Mayfield's going to struggle and mightily struggle this Sunday. Give me the Niners minus 12 against the Bucs. Um, at times, I feel like the Bucs might be one of the worst teams in the league. And then sometimes they do turn it on a little bit and they win some of these games. But the way that the Niners played last week, I feel like they're just going to come back to being one of those dominant forces in the NFC. They did it last week. And I just have a hard time seeing... Tampa Bay travel all the way to the West Coast. Um, and I think the 49ers pour it on them. I think the defense shows up. Tampa Bay's offense just hasn't been inspiring this entire season. And like I said, I think Baker Mayfield really struggles throughout Sunday. So give me the Niners minus 12. Three picks for Rockies bets this week. Chargers minus three. Texans minus six. And Niners minus 12. So while Jake put up a whole bunch of stinkers, I got a win. It was the Blake underdog pick of the week. I rode with the Minnesota Vikings. They were going up against my New Orleans Saints. And talk about oh, a man, stinker. Huh? So talk about a stinker. Talk about a stinker of a, uh, with my New Orleans Saints. Talk about a winner. Read that game like a book. And I'm going to read this one, too. Going back to the well. I'm going two hot teams going up against each other. Minnesota Vikings. Up against Denver Broncos. They're on the road. Uh, Minnesota is going to be in Denver, getting two and a half points. I'm going to take uh, the hotter of the two hot teams. I mean, Minnesota is coming off five straight wins. They're going up against a Broncos team primetime game. This is Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Dobbs loves Sunday Night Football. Currently, right now, team 6 3 and 1, and defense has been inspired. Denver uh, has been playing at better as of late. They just got two huge wins from Kansas City and the Bills. I, I'm not sold on those. I'm really, I'm sorry, I'm not. Just uh, kind of fluky, fluky wins as of late. Uh, Minnesota Vikings have been hot. It's a team that surprisingly still has a chance at their division. Um, one that is held by Detroit Lions, and if you can be one or two games behind the Lions, um, history can say that you're going to have a chance. 
than poop in the bed. Uh, the addition of Josh Jobs has looked good. It's going to continue to look good. It's going to look good in this matchup. Taking uh, Minnesota Vikings money line for some plus money.